Welcome to Dancing with the Bards. I'm Ian, and I'm joined by Brooke. Hi. Chris. Hello. And our guest this week, or this month, is Will. Hi. Our goal is to help you decide what games might be for you, and we do that by using a personalized rubric for our games that is split up into three sections that encompass system, flexibility, and our personal opinions. Our game this month is called The Excellence by Chris O'Neill and Adriel Wilson. We were really excited to play this game this month. The way that it works is you create a character known as a princess based off of a select amount of interests. So for example, we had a stationary princess, a plushy princess, and a trolls doll princess for our session. There are four different types of princesses. You have the magical princess, the charismatic princess, the charming charming princess, if I remember correctly. Yep, charming princess and the brainy princess. And each one has a certain type of die that they use uh, based on the polymorph system. Where each one rolls a d4, a d6, a d8, and a d10. And uh, the number that they get on those rolls uh, correlates to what they're rolling for. So there are six different types of abilities you roll for, which are beast, crown, books, shoes, sword, heart, that's it. <laughs> Six. I can count. I, I swear. I would also note the the these stats don't necessarily uh, correlate with like your you're good at uh, like swords, so you want to roll swords for everything. It's a decision that the uh, the DM or the dungeon mistress makes. Game uh, mistress. Game or mistress. Gene Beans. Uh, <laughs> Gina Beans. Gina Beans. Dungeon Mistress would be something a little bit different. <laughs> <laughs> that is probably why it's called the Game Mistress then. Probably. Uh, Hopefully. But yeah, the Game Mistress determines like, okay, you're going to want to make a beast roll or you're going to want to make a sword roll. And then you want to roll certain uh, numbers on your dice to do that. But even if you don't meet those, those numbers relative to that roll or that stat, it doesn't mean you fail necessarily. If you roll too high, like the the max number, then you still succeed. And if you roll super low, you can still succeed uh, because your beast assists you. Yeah. So there's a sliding. It's not a sliding scale difficulty like you'd see in games like Call of Cthulhu or Dungeons and Dragons. It's more of a luck based system where the type of die that you roll is better suited uh, probability wise to uh, succeed on, say, a books or a shoes check as opposed to a sword or a heart check. And if you were to roll a one or your top number for your dice, uh, for the top number, you get a crown roll, which is basically an automatic success. For a one, if your beast can help you on your roll, it, it will aid you in that action, which kind of allows for a system where uh, it, it, it kind of balances out a little bit, I think. So and you don't just kind of automatically critically fail. You can have a chance to redeem yourself, which I think is nice. And then there's that musical mechanic, which I thought was kind yes, of interesting. Yes, the band mechanic. <laughs> where, So the game is kind of based off of old cartoons. Think like Hanna-Barbera and Powerpuff Girls. Uh, what's the one with the shark? Oh, uh, Jabberjaw. Yeah, Jabberjaw. Oh, Jabberjaw. I almost said Baby Shark. Mm -hmm. I, I, don't, I, think, I don't think Chris knows what Jabberjaw is. Oh, 
<laughs> We're having a Jabber Jaws night. I love Jabber Jaws. Yeah. I know. So, it, can, it kind of follows those patterns and cliches and tropes. And one of those tropes is, you know, the band. So, in a dire situation, just like in our, our podcast, where they faced uh, the, the big bad at the end of the, the session, which we'll get into shortly, they formed a musical number and gave bits and pieces of it in order to uh, basically have an automatic success. But you can't just do that whenever. Every time you fail a roll, you get something called a lesson. And you have to basically spend the lessons for uh, a band number to work, a musical number to work. So you can't just, you know, every time you face a problem, let's sing it out. You know, you have to actually try to work your way through the session. And make it make sense. Exactly. It can't just be random. And the more lesson points you spend, the more likely it is to, the game mistress is to say, oh, well, that worked. Or the more you can accomplish. Dungeon mistress. <laughs> Bad Chris. Mind out of the gutter. Mm. <laughs> we all know who Chris is seeing after this recording session. <laughs> no. It's also fun to, you know, dress up as princesses. Oh, yeah. I, we, I, we did take it a little farther than we had to. Than most, yeah. But it's... the The system is really interesting in that regard. Uh, we could basically be whatever whatever character we wanted to be as long as we could think of uh, a subject to be. So initially I wanted to, since I have a, a large affinity for uh, paper goods, whether it be crafts or notebooks, uh, though it's normally notebooks, uh, I wanted to be something sort of aligned with that. But I didn't want to just be notebook princess because that feels a little one note. So I decided stationary would allow me to have a lot more flexibility. And so I could be that sort of like artsy fartsy character who still had like a lot of um knowledge in general because i felt like that was sort of what i wanted to play uh, i'm sure the two of you had a, a similar um experience with that no yeah. i i just full out went trolls like i didn't <laughs> we just went 90s kid core um it, i didn't think about it more than just like oh i i have a deep love of troll dolls way no no way too much about it like that's why i chose mine an interesting mechanic about this game, too, which we didn't take full advantage of, we did during character creation off off camera, but in order to keep things at a reasonable uh, pace, uh, we had a pre-made adventure that I, I put together. However, the way that you can make and run adventures in this game, you don't necessarily need to have a game master, game mistress. You can actually coordinate with each other because it's not, as I said, there's no sliding scale, so there's no one to decide whether or not your role succeeds or fails. So as long as you all are in agreement, you basically can narrate the story to each other. So, so you could say, I do this, and you say, well, in response to that, I do that. Which, uh, it, it's a little different than what I'm used to, but I really do enjoy the concept, and I'd like to explore that at one point. Alright. Uh, well... Given that, um, do we want to talk about our reviews for the game? Before we do that, let's just talk about a little bit what happened, because I'm sure not everyone's jumped on our YouTube channel. Or the Twitch. Or, uh, or the Twitch. Uh, if you'd like to, um, we did put up the gameplay. Uh, it's both saved in our Twitch. It's also up on YouTube, along with this, vid uh, this podcast. 
So the setting for our one-shot session uh, began with the three kingdoms of the Plushy Kingdom, the Troll Doll Kingdom, and the Stationary Kingdom, celebrating 50 years of peace thanks to a magical artifact called the Gem of Plenty, which had been providing them with energy and food for uh, 50 years. Uh, the heroes were brought together by a scientist, a little postage stamp with a picture of Albert Einstein on it, named uh, Dr. A. Meba from the Stationary Kingdom. And he said that the Gem of Plenty was running low on magical energy. So it was up to the heroes to go to the mines of Walmoria in order to retrieve a new Gem of Plenty. A terrible reference, to be sure. <laughs> in the mines of Walmoria, they met the, the Rad Rascals, a gang of teenagers who, who used souped-up <laughs> rascals in order to uh, uh, drag race through the, uh, the halls of Almoria. Not they... too far off from, you know, what happens actually. This is what happens when you take away money from after-school programs. <laughs> <laughs> they had to fight the beast, or race, sorry, they had to race the beast in a rascal in order to get to the next level of the store. It was more like a fight. It did involve trolls being thrown around. Hey, There, there was some violence. <laughs> Blemmy did a great job. Uh, he had a lot of fun and got to commit more crimes. I mean, what could, else could a troll doll want? We're really looking forward to the rest of the season. Blemmy is <laughs> definitely MVP. If I can throw Blemmy into any more of our games, know that I will. Gonna be a trope for the rest for every game from now on. Tossing a blade. I can only hope. So after uh, defeating the beast, who uh, was uh, you know gratefully played by by the late Randy Savage, um, I don't think you can say that. Yeah, I, I, I just did. <laughs> oh, it's gonna be hell to edit out. <laughs> they came across. The 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 Karankor, a just a rancor and a, a blonde bobcut wig, who was looking for the Almighty Manager of Walmoria, a, a non-existent deity who, <laughs> who everyone seemed to believe in around here, but no one's ever seen. <laughs> Your false god. <laughs> they managed to uh, subdue the Karankor with a musical number. After. Failing some rolls. Yeah, after failing a few rolls trying to subdue uh, subdue her. And they were able to find the Gem of Plenty and had to fight a soccer mom for it, which is a, a play on, you know, play on soccer mom, except they, they hit real hard. Like a bopper. Yeah, like soccer bopper. And they bottoms, don't bottoms. mind getting licked. That was the weird part. Oh, yeah, they were real intense. Yeah, they were, I tried you to lick them. can't scare off a soccer, a soccer mom. Yeah, I tried to lick them to get them to be grossed out, and it just didn't translate. It just licked you back. Yeah, yeah, it was... Don't don't enter into a licking contest in Walmoria. That goes for Walmart, too, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's everywhere. Don't lick things. Yeah, but don't don't expect someone to just let go because you licked them in a Walmart. <laughs> I almost said something really bad. <laughs> okay. I was going to say, you pause, that that usually means something. You know? Uh, but yeah, from... <laughs> Almost turned a rating from, from PG-13 to R. Oh, God. Jeez. 
Now I'm worried about what you were gonna say. We'll we'll talk about it off off mic. Yeah, uh, in our <laughs> so in dancing with the dar- bards after dark. <laughs> so they returned to their three kingdoms. They had their celebration, and all was well. It was a pretty short adventure. We were trying to keep it uh, to a certain time limit, and uh, yeah, everyone had a lot of fun. It was I all know. laughs. We had uh, they had you know your your uh, your Plemmy was her uh, was Brooks' character's. Yeah, pet troll. I should say, uh, the the characters we had were the the, the plushy princess, the troll, troll princess, doll and princess, the and the stationary princess. But um, we each had little little pets, like any good princess should. Oh yeah, magical troll. creatures that, that yeah, give you your and, beck and uh, uh, your beck and call. We had two in our party that were war criminals. We had uh, turtle boyfriend. Yeah, canonically, we had turtle boyfriend as well as Blemmy. Um, Blemmy is a real troll in a tiny prison outfit, um, so it fit really well. It, it definitely came in handy with various well, crimes that needed to be committed by not princess hands. What, what those who, who are just listening uh, don't know is we are currently being stared at by Brooke's army of troll dolls that, that just watch her from the living room. Look, like I said, <laughs> trolls are my special interest. Like, I wasn't joking about this. There are like 30 up there. Trolls I, are her I could literally, animal. I could literally tell you what years they were from. Like, this is, this is the, the neurodivergent special interest for me is troll dolls. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure knowing more about it makes it okay. <laughs> okay, back to the game. Stop putting the brook on blast. Sorry. I, it had to be said that you have, you, you are the, the, the troll doll lady at heart. I am. You I, have a truly terrifying amount of troll dolls. And I mean that in even, the nicest that's way. That's not even all of them. I have them scattered around the apartment in spots where I don't think that my guests should be looking. Um, that's why I got these things in the first place, was to hide them in things like my medicine cabinet or like strange places where I don't want people looking anyway. Because then if they come to me... Like by the exit? Yes. <laughs> then if they come to me and are like, why do you have a troll next to your Advil? Like, I have to go, why are you looking at my Advil? I need an Advil. <laughs> I wanted to leave. <laughs> <laughs> well, that one's, that one's up there for book stability. It's holding up a book right now. Uh, it is a bookend. <laughs> Alright, sorry for putting you on blast like that. It's okay. I have a lot of things to look at in my apartment, and I understand that as a collector, this was bound to happen eventually. <laughs> I will also note, just sort of getting back to the discussion a little bit, uh, I was stationary princess, uh, and I was the only one who did not have an animal with a war crime, and that was uh, Swatch, a paper mache dog with a variety of different uh, colors that were just formed in like pits along their body uh and he only was able to assist me once uh and that was in uh when i attempted to draw a painting of the uh Karankor, uh and did it very bad and so swatch just came over and shook a bunch of color onto it he did a good boy job mm-hmm. good boys to be do. fair all of your pets only helped you once no turks helped twice help. Yeah, Turk saved your head. Yeah, he, he, he saved you from a concussion. But Blemmy helped twice. He helped in the race, and he also helped um, outside when we first got into the Walmart area, I believe. Oh, yeah, I think yes. Blemmy 
hit someone in the head or something? No, you shot a troll doll at someone and oh, missed. Oh, that's right. It was a secondary troll doll. Yeah. Oh, by the way, super fun. We made it so that my um, my little troll projectiles Your sword. would randomly cause you to sprout troll hair on some part of your body and we had a random generator for that which was a lot of fun and that was another thing about about this game that i really like is that it's very flexible it reminds me of another game that we played before oh i think everyone here's played the epithet yeah it's it's erased it's technically called anime campaign yeah it's technically called anime campaign but we call it the race because that's what everyone knows yeah we'll we'll have to we'll have to do it for the podcast eventually but it so that game has a similar it has a similar feel to this where it's uh, very flexible, very open ended. The very big difference between the two is that the character creation in this is so much easier and uh, requires a lot less uh, work from the DM. I don't have to write out five paragraphs of abilities where you only choose two of. Yeah, that that's one of those things with Epitaph that always drove me insane. Is we spend so much time coming up with fun puns and names. Uh, and we end up just throwing away two-thirds of, you know... Yeah, because it's meant to be, like, a continuous adventure, but we never really do that. Do you yeah. guys smell that? It smells like weak bitch in here. Oh. oh. You, you can't write five paragraphs of stuff per person? I also love that we... You couldn't see this, but we all instantly like sat up a little bit and sniffed Is the air. <laughs> because in my house, there's no guarantee that something isn't burning or I left something on. So <laughs> we all took you very seriously there, Chris. Well, you should know. I'm the one who brings in the sass and pain into the podcast. I do also kind of smell popcorn. Oh, I burnt popcorn earlier this morning. <laughs> the worst. No, no, I, 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 that's my favorite snack is burnt popcorn. It adds like a sweetness to it, personally. It does. You get the curve. Cur- yeah. Taste and it. it melts in your mouth. Mm. Look, <laughs> the high school I went to, that's like the delicacy was burnt popcorn because all of the microwaves sucked. I'm not judging you, but I don't approve You had either. microwaves in your high school? We did, but they were like desperation microwaves you didn't use them we don't we didn't have microwaves okay we keep on getting sidetracked i'm sorry <laughs> um, let's charm. start looking down our rubric uh Time. and talking a little bit about what we thought about this this was this might be one of my favorite uh and best scored games uh that, i mean that i've done it might ever so what, what score did you have for it just overall my, my scores are overall scores of 39 okay i'd like a 34 I'm sure we can go over the excellent. Well, let's let's just do it now. I got I had a 35. Also 35. Okay, so yeah, we like I was the lowest score and I had a 34. So yeah, it, it, we all definitely very much enjoyed this game. Um, just real quick before we rush through everything, what was everyone's favorite part about the game? I know Ooh. I know this is a lot to dump on you immediately, but I feel like <laughs> it's important though. Yeah. If if you guys would like, I can start. I liked the. Uh, the, the fact that the rules were not only easy to comprehend, but easy to explain to someone else. It's a one-die game, uh, and the only thing you have to really worry about is what kind of character you're playing. So, like, as the brainy princess, I, w- I knew that my die was a d6. I knew that it meant that I was very good at, like, books or, like, knowledge-based checks and shoes checks for, like, mobility and movement. 
uh, and that if I needed to, I could make any other check with either a six or a one. So I still had a pretty good chance at doing other things besides those two, but I knew what my, my key bits were. And I would be able to explain that for literally any of the other classes based on the die that they use. I'd say my favorite part of this is the fact that it, it's like the perfect balance of easy to run and play while still having a really high rate of enjoyability. Just like what you were saying, it's it's really easy to learn, and it's it's the, the flexibility of it is is just fantastic. It I feel like I'm doing something, even though it doesn't require a lot of meta knowledge to start getting into the game. Like you don't need to know. I've got like six different proficiencies in this thing. You just need to know. Oh, I roll this, and if I get this, then I I'm good. Exactly. You know, when we play D and D, it's always constantly remembering what features I have, what feats. You know, does this apply to this situation? With this, it's just you say what you do, and it happens if it happens. Yeah, you don't have to re remember how. Uh, how many feet can I fall per turn, and how much damage do I take per per ten feet? Is this wall half cover or three quarters cover? <laughs> Just all those ex uh, eccentric rules. So uh, for me, I will always be looking through this in a lens where can I play this with my students? Because I'm a teacher, uh, I always I can't help it. I always think about them. And this game, I could easily see people from varying age ranges being able to play. Like if you were say, a high schooler, you could play this with your younger sibling and not feel like the younger one would get overwhelmed or that you would get bored with it because it was dumbed down. Um, it, it just all around is, is great for varying levels of uh, play style, I guess. Mm -hmm. All right. All very good points, though it seems like, in general, we all agree that the, the system is uh, easy to comprehend and uh, flexible in its its uh, utilization, and I feel like that will be reflected in uh, the scores we each gave it. Uh, so just very quickly to run through our system, um, in the, the, rubric, the rubric we use to grade uh, the games that we play uh, is split up into two main sections. Uh, it's the system which is more like all of the meta information, like the rules, uh, how the game is designed and how it plays. Uh, and then the flexibility of the game, which is less so uh, how easily it can be played and more so uh, the amount of content that is available and how uh, the game functions. So like uh, the community that uh, is built around it, uh, any modifications that can be added to the game, uh, and then anything meta, like uh, the uh, amount of replay value it would have or if we would consider it uh, innovative, classic, simple, or complex. Uh, so very quickly going from the beginning, uh, in Under System, uh, it's got a pretty good number of players. I believe the book recommends uh, five players, uh, which means you have one person of each type of princess. Uh, the magical, the brainy, the charming, and the tough princess. And then you have one person who can be one of the uh, any of the others. So you can have... Uh, a, a five-man band where everyone has their own thing and then one person can be like a jack-of-all-trades filling in whatever role is necessary uh, during creation. Um, in terms of, uh, it is very accessible. Uh, it has, um, the font is very easy to read uh, and they have a way of, uh, whenever they use a keyword, they'll put it in a slightly different, more like fancy, curvy font, 
which some might say is a little difficult to read, but it really pops on the page, at least for me. Uh, I'm sure. Yeah, with with the font size, too, it really helped. So one thing that I found very difficult when we played Ten Candles was that it was very small font all the way through. Uh, This gave me, especially in the book version, uh, it was large enough that it was easy for me to read and easy for me to finger scan um, because of my reading difficulties. I also enjoyed how it was written personally because, you know, I've read a lot through a lot of different uh, like rule systems for their various games. And this one actually felt like it was talking to me and not like it was explaining something to me. I didn't feel like I was doing homework. Yeah. It, sometimes it's a slog. I, I will never forget trying to read Shadowrun for the first time. And just like I had to, I had to stop. I could not play that game because I could not read the rule book. Yeah, like I bought when I bought this, I, I finished the whole. When Chris and I finished reading the whole, the whole book in like sixty minutes, and we enjoyed every bit of it. We had fun, you know, building fake characters together. We. It... <laughs> I, I will never forget Crime Princess, who I think later <laughs> misdemeanor became... princess. Yeah, misdemeanor princess. <laughs> Why didn't you play that? Yeah. Well, because I, I wanted to build a completely new character for this new experience. If if we did this again, I would absolutely play her. With the but cursing I... chihuahua. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was his name? Tito? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> it was great. Bring me more vodka. <laughs> but, yeah, just the the fact that it's it's very readable, um, no matter from what background you have, is, is very good. Um, that also extends to its its own comprehension. Uh, it never felt like it was throwing words uh, or like phrases at you that you wouldn't comprehend normally. It was all written in very uh, sort of matter of fact way in a, a very passive voice as well. All right, moving on to the design aspects of the game. Uh, I feel like it, it's been like they they used a lot of different examples in the the book. But I felt like it was very inclusive in the fact that it uh, included, uh, you can be a male, female, or non-binary princess, and princess is still deemed a gender-neutral term throughout the entire book. Uh, It's actually sort of like the slot in for character, so it's just princess, and I think that's pretty nice. They were very clear on uh, the fact that it, it wasn't, just because it's called princess doesn't mean it determines... Things like gender identity. They were very... Like, they, they, they mentioned it at least three times. Yeah. that's That was one of the big takeaways I got when I first started playing this. Also, we'll get into later, safety tools. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's talk about safety tools now. Like, we're, yeah, we have there's... materials in this section, too, and that the back of the book is incredibly useful. Yes. Uh, one of the reasons I wanted to do this, uh, this RPG was because it mentioned safety tools, and not everything does. I don't think it's not safety tools aren't something that necessarily required for a campaign, but I would advise them, especially if you're playing with a lot of new people. Um, it's something you'd use to make sure that everyone at the table feels comfortable with the subjects matter that you're using. No one feel, if something happens that makes someone feel uncomfortable, they can make it clear to the game master without necessarily causing a lot of drawing a lot of attention to themselves. Game mistress. Yeah, game mistress. I, I just feel like they're very... It's something important to talk about. Not as, I'm not going to try to, you know, force it down anyone's throats that they have to use it. But it's good to know that they exist. Because there right. are people who aren't necessarily comfortable in certain groups and... Uh, and certain top, uh, topics. Yeah, certain topics are more traumatic to some people than others. And uh, it's good Correct. to have a system to uh, address that at a table without singling someone out. 
correct me if I'm wrong. We, it, because not everyone knows what safety tools are. We're, we've used them before, so we know about them. Uh, we're talking about like a, a typical uh, stoplight style where it's greens, you're fine. Uh, yellow, uh, maybe you want to switch topic. Red is a dead stop. We need to talk about this. Yeah, hard no. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just so that they they kind of have an idea of it. And there are more there are more types of safety tools than that too. Yeah. Uh, and they they actually have a link where you can go to to, to download and uh, print uh, rules and stuff for safety tools. Which I just really want to make sure that that got into the podcast because. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's 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 a great tool to have and it's something that's normally very overlooked, but this game in its diversity and materials on both ends they are very. Clearly trying to make it accessible and comfortable for anyone who wants to play. They're not trying to exclude anyone, and they want to make sure that it's a positive experience when you come to the table. Exactly. Mm-hmm. As far as materials, too, uh, they have a, a, a separate logbook you can buy where you can get extra uh, pre-made characters, put in extra um uh, made characters. Uh, you can like no note- enter logs for episodes. They have some of that in the back of this book too, but that expands on it. So it's not something you normally see from a, a a privately made you know RPG book, especially not one that was only released a year ago. Yeah, yeah, and and it's a Kickstarter. Like mm-hmm. I I love Kickstarter games, but sometimes they just. They fall short. Yeah. Most Kickstarter games. Well, because it's it's usually one or two people. Like it's not it's not a whole crew that's going over this. So like for what it is, they did an, an amazing job on oh, it. Oh, they definitely had uh, safety readers go through this. They definitely had a, 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 a full crew on this one, or at least you know like. At least they had people they talked to about it. They didn't yeah, just glance sure. over it. Because I've seen the process that goes into making these books before. Uh, through uh, a company that we've worked with, Action Fiction, when they've done that. And uh, there's a lot that goes into it. Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, this is a lot smaller than Action Fiction's book, but even so. Oh, I should also, I don't think we mentioned it before, but this book is like, it fits in the palm of your hand. Yeah, it is uh, It is nice and, and bite-sized. It's it like is. 76 pages, and it it is 76 pages of really good content. It has the character sheets, which are also available online for download and print for free. Mm-hmm. Uh, it only requires a basically you could play this entire game with a set of dice. Uh, the only you know you only need one of each type of dice. You only need four dice actually. Yeah, you don't even need. Yeah. Technically, you need two d tens. Oh, I guess yeah, heart, for right. The... But that's basically a full set of dice. Well, minus a d twenty. If you rolled the d ten twice, you only needed one. Yeah, but still, if you if you have it, you usually yeah. will have two in it. Most sets come with two d the d hundred. So as, I guess as a nerd. Uh, or as a self-proclaimed nerd, um, I always have dice with me. So the idea that this is a small book that I could put in my bag and already have dice in my purse because I'm that person, I could play this anywhere I go. It It's not overly cumbersome. Yeah, so for that reason, I gave it a three for materials. It has a lot with it. There's a lot more you can get for it. And it doesn't require a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, they even made the back of the book, like, usable. Like, yeah. they... P- putting the... Safety tools in the back made even the back cover an asset to the game. Like, they did not mess around with making it compact and not wasting any time. Hell yeah. Uh, Moving into uh, gameplay, still under system. Uh, I think it, it, 
it sort of has a fluctuant rate of play because it much like most rpgs it sort of depends on how the the dungeon master or game mistress in this case uh runs about it but i feel like because there's so such a small window for like complete failure that it moves by pretty quickly from like point to point or like uh beat to beat um we never really had a, a point where it was like really really slow gameplay uh and we never sort of lingered in any given spot uh longer than we really wanted to be there oh yeah uh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I was just going to move to value for price. Did you have anything? Uh, no, I wanted to just say that uh, as far as rate of play goes, I mean, not only did we enjoy our two-hour session, but I feel like we could have probably, if we wanted to, have gone on longer. Yeah. It also has the potential for multiple episodes per character, which, I mean, overall rate of play, I could do this you know, for a, a six-hour session and do it again next week. Yeah, it, do, it doesn't really re- also, as an, an additive to that, it didn't seem like it required you to do too much extra work like you didn't have to plot out an entire storyline or anything you just had to make like its own self-contained adventure exactly and uh they also include on the back uh, more more reference materials again uh entire uh, uh sheets where you can plan out episodes and even potentially do it together yeah. uh with the other players to plot out who what's your quest line what's the object of the quest who are the enemies how does it end and you run the campaign from there together so, yeah, rate of play for me was once again high. It's one of the reasons my score is so high. Is it hits a lot of the buttons for our grading system. Yeah. Yeah, I'll be honest. I I think it only it got a twenty out of twenty one for systems for me. Like the system itself is near perfection. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, flexibility is where it took a a, a few oh. hits from me, but otherwise. Uh, yeah, flexibility was did not do super great. But but then again, I mean, as, as we've said before, uh, like a thirty on this on this score system is good. Yeah, a yeah. thirty is like a B. So all of us gave it a minimum of a thirty. The lowest was a thirty-four, which means it's like a B plus on average. That's probably it's honestly higher than that. I mean, the way I see it, it's like a twenty is more like a CB uh, range. If you I, if you start hitting lower than that. Because that's about mediocre. That's yeah. That's about a two down the line. Yeah. Yeah. It's that's just what it is, though. Like, um, let's talk a little bit about the flexibility, because that's where I think most of our critiques are coming from. Uh, Real quick, I'll mention that this only costs thirteen dollars. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's oh yeah. So value for price, super valuable. Yeah. Yeah, and plus we just noticed online you can also get them secondhand. Which, if you can, always support the creators directly, but if you really needed it in a pinch, they are for resale, and usually that means you can find them a little cheaper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So, uh, let's jo- dive right in into the flexibility section. Um, we'll start with the part where probably getting the most points from me, I'm not sure about the rest of you, but uh, in terms of its community... Um, there, the developer support is great. We've already discussed about the uh, diary that it comes with, which is the, the supplemental book, which includes additional character sheets, as well as... Um, oh, yeah? I, I'm just going to add on to that. I also do believe there was an expansion as well. I'm not 100%, but when I did a quick peruse... They have some other book. Up. Yeah. yeah. It, it looks like it's an expansion. Okay, pretty cool. So yeah, it's got, it's got the supplemental... Uh, Sort of adventure diary, and then its own expansion setup. So it's it's pretty well supported, and I'd have to assume that 
the creators are looking into more content. If not for the excellence, then for something similar or another TTRPG that would be uh, by, you know... They do have another game, too. Yeah, uh, Kobolds Eat My Baby. Yeah. <laughs> Which is just arguably we, a fantastic we name. We I gotta. just want it for the name... I think we have to, with we how highly this one yeah. was scored. Yeah. I'd like to see how their other game is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, in terms I'll, of, I'll write that down. There we go. <laughs> in terms of community, uh, we we did do some searching. We couldn't quite find anything, um, like any concise like community for the excellence. Uh, then again, we, we the search could have you know uh, been done more thoroughly. But at the very least, uh, on any sort of subreddits or any sort of website aside from the uh, the source uh, level nine or ninth, ninth level, level games, yeah, yeah. Aside from level. that, there wasn't really any um, like congregation of players. But there were still people on like uh, some of the RPG subreddits uh, who had mentioned it, and there had been people, a lot of people who had uh, talked on those. Uh, threads and there are a couple of playthroughs you can find on youtube too which yeah we're gonna add maybe number three or four i think yeah that's There's what I, I wanted to bring up there are some people that did do like reviews for it like there were plenty of blogs that did reviews but i didn't see people actively trying to find groups to play with or put out their custom worlds what they did with it um it was more just review based the yeah. creators actually ran a, uh, a yeah. one shot online which is what i used to kind of base uh, how I was going to run this session. Uh, when I, so I watched that with Will. Yeah. So if, if there Wait, was a... the creators? Yeah. yeah. Super Chris, remember? Super Chris? Oh, Super Chris is one of the creators. Chris, that's Chris O'Neill. Oh! I, I do resent that you guys are basing the status of Super on how much better he is compared to me. <laughs> he, just, he looks like our Chris. He looks very similar to our Chris. If he ate... <laughs> Three more Chris's. He's a lot, a lot like, just bigger. If, yeah. Chris, we we love you dearly. It is not a, a it's not a knock on either of the Chris's. It's, and we were we were high. We were watching it, they, and one of us just said, "Super Chris." I think there. It's no. That sounds like it's another knock. We're just gonna move on. No, I don't. I don't mean that in like an insulting way to this Chris O'Neill. I, yeah. I, I hope well, they're. We we also. I like them a lot. I yeah, they are. Very you just cool. you just made their night. You um, know what? If Chris O'Neill is listening to this, I'm a fucking great guy, Chris. And I resent the fact that you are three times better than me compared to some of the people that I care about, like, the so incredibly dearly. They played the cool princess. Like, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. He did. The shades. And I, he, like, he, he used shades as his weapon. It was great. Um, that ego trip out of the way. <laughs> uh, and segueing into a point that was brought up a little bit ago, so I don't think we'll have to touch about it too much. Uh, in terms of the, the modifications that can be made, specifically anything uh, custom or player-made or expansions, uh, we've already mentioned that they have uh, a potential expansion out already um, for the game. Uh, outside of that, there isn't really a whole lot of custom content. Uh, I've mentioned again there's not really like, really like a subreddit where people post information for it, but, oh, yes. I would like to bring up that one of the reasons for that, I think, and granted it does still affect the score because, sadly, sometimes these things do, um, is that this game is only a year old. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the fact that they have anything is, is remarkable. I'm sure if it ran a Kickstarter, they definitely have a Discord somewhere. Yeah. Um, I will also add it's probably a little bit difficult... Aside from us who were who saw the book and were like, this sounds fucking amazing. If you only saw the the title and the cover, 
Uh, I especially considering the size of the book, it I feel like a lot of people would write it off as just mm-hmm. like a, oh one of those kids games when it is actually so much more than that. Yeah, it's definitely in that price category with the other bargain bin RPGs, but it's it's one of the hidden. I gems wouldn't in there. say bargain bin. Bar- bargain bin has like a connotation. With well, it. exactly. But also, that... bargain bin RPGs are generally free. <laughs> yeah, that's hey, true. Hey, I paid. I paid for what I paid, What you guys paid for this? I got a an RPG called Mutants of Avalon that was awful. <laughs> Is that going to be our April Fool's Day? Oh, oh I, I think I still have it somewhere. I don't have the original game for it, okay. though. It was, we'll, it was an we'll, expansion We'll talk module. about this after. We'll workshop it. Um, you can look forward to that in the future, anyone who's yeah, watching from when, episode one. When at least I grade, grade out for this area, I always grade with the do I see potential for it. So I could see the potential of a community forming. So I was going to have to give them some points. I could see the potential of custom content and maybe even I would love to see a module made out. Because as much as we can sit here and be like, ah, oh, this is so easy to plan as a DM, if you've never been a DM or a GM, um, you you don't have a basis. It's overwhelming. So having a pre-made module can definitely help you get into these things. You know what would be great as like an addition to this episode? What if we all worked on like a module that we posted along with the episode? I mean, we could. I have quite a bit of notes on this one. Honestly. Yeah, okay. we yeah. Post the page. module that we yeah, played. Yeah, I, I think this is you a want really... to see in the world. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Because I, I could see this really being a good starter one for a lot of different people. I think having a module out there would be helpful because it's so it's such a great game. Something it like this is the more. reason we need to work on our website. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. This is Squarespace <laughs> coming soon. Uh, still <laughs> uh, work in progress. Work in we'll progress. get there. But yeah, uh, it, it you know it's it's it definitely has potential to have a lot of uh, additional content. Uh, there's none out there yet, but hopefully soon. We would Ooh. we would highly encourage it if if our lovely creators are listening, please. We we really do enjoy this game, and we will buy whatever you give us. Please. please. Which I think brings us to replay value, which is yes. 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 Very much replayable. <laughs> uh, especially considering, again, it, it, you... I, if I remember correctly, you started work on this module the day before we, we were going to be recording. Shh, don't break the magic. Well, we the, planned this for weeks. Here's, here's the thing. You you did uh, a very Two days. fun. I, I I started planning it, but I didn't write it out until yesterday. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> if if I tried to do something like that for one of another different RPG, let's say Dungeons and Dragons, for example, because that's that's yeah, whatever. That's our that's yeah. our baseline. That's, yeah, that's the baseline. Um, I, it would take me a week minimum to get into a comfortable spot for me to uh, do a a one shot. So full full honesty, cards on the table here. Uh-huh. Oh, no. Here it is, truth bomb. I I don't put that much planning into my D and D sessions. Well, that's because you played. <laughs> well, I think there's there's there, there is a distinction of of like a veteran DM like you that's been playing for several years that can kind of just pull stuff out of their butt when they need to. A little bit. Yeah, but this is something that you didn't play this before, and you can still do it. Yeah, that that is true. Yeah. So yeah, it's. It's very easy to run, and therefore, uh, or I don't want to say run, but very easy to come up with an ideas for an adventure, uh, and therefore, it's very easy to run supplemental adventures uh, to play the game again because the system is is fresh, 
Uh, I we actually have a scale for uh, as I mentioned before, innovative to classic. I give it a more innovative one because uh, there's very seldom games that only require you to use a singular die, um, or the a, a singular set of dice because you tech everyone technically needs to use d10 slash a d100. Um, and I also gave it a very simple rating, giving it a, a three uh, out of three points um, for it uh, that rating because uh, the system itself, again, uses a singular die, so you don't really have to stress out too much about uh, multiple different varieties of uh, abilities or uh, stats that you'd have to worry about normally. For me, I felt like this is a really classic game, though. Like, the stories that you could come up with are very... It's what you would do as a kid. It's, it's playing pretend but giving you a little bit more structure. Um, I thought that was just like a very classical concept. There was nothing completely out of left field from that. I do agree it's a very simple game, but in the best way possible. Um, but definitely for me, it was more classic than innovative. I kind of want to change my answer now. Cause I, like, really? <laughs> on, on that topic, I, I similar thought process. I said more innovative because it, it definitely takes that sort of imagination you're creating your own storyline and it gives you the tools to to sort of do that in a way that i don't think a lot of ttrpgs are, are doing effectively nowadays yeah i i do whenever we have more of a sandbox game i always kind of lean it more towards the simple side unless it has something very different about it like say using candles for timing <laughs> like hmm. it's <laughs> huh See last episode. Um, but, True believers. Yes. But so for me, it's just, it's a classic sandbox style. It's very straight to the point. It's not giving you like a new race to play with unless you want to. It's it's very standard in my mind. All the tools are there. Yeah. I, I, I agree with Brooke. I also think that I've never, I, I, I put innovative as a three. I just felt that I'd never come across a uh, tabletop game that took the uh, idea of a television episode from, like, your, your classic 90s uh, cartoons and turned it into a uh, role-playing format. Um, I, I agree the ideas are classic. The, the, the format is classic. Yeah. The, the style is classic. I just felt that, that that idea was very innovative. Well, what about, like, Monster of the Week? Monster of the Week is, like, Scooby-Doo straight from it, and that's the same as all the other... I mean, it has it has Scooby Doo elements, but this was literally uh, meant to take. I mean, so Monster of the Week can be compared to Scooby Doo because it's very similar, but it wasn't necessarily meant to be that. Okay. This was literally like they mentioned it as you have an origin episode you have to explain when you start make your character. It's literally it's literally called origin. an episode yeah. because yeah. it's referencing older style cartoons and and in a way that other games might not. Okay. Almost kind of in a, a meta fourth wall breaking kind of way. Yeah, that's that's fair. Yeah, I see what you're saying. This is just a fun part about the podcast is where we have different opinions. That's the whole point. Yeah, because if I if I were to if I were to grade everything that came across my 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 view uh, based on how has someone done that system before, everything would be classic, <laughs> with with a few exceptions like ten candles. Yeah, this is very true. That's just. My standpoint with sandbox games, to me, they've just got that, like, simplicity to it that allows you to f do what you feel comfortable with. It's and not... 
making you do something. And I agree. That's why when I heard what you said, I was like, you know, actually, I almost want to change my answer because well, you're right. You're right. It's good to put all the dissent uh, at the bookend of the episode <laughs> instead of at the beginning. Well, I mean, yeah. we're, we're just agreeing with each other. Just We're just agreeing yeah. loudly. <laughs> um, Chris, can you give us, what was our average? Uh, I didn't calculate it, unfortunately. Oh, no. But uh, I'm pretty sure we had about a 35, maybe a 36. I was probably close to a 35 because you both had 35s. You had a 37 and I had a 34. 39. 39. 39. Yeah, so between 35 and 36. Yeah, well, and... Quick, someone break out a calculator. I'm doing it now. I'm doing it live. Everyone everyone has their phones out. Oh, I have it for a completely different reason. The grand total is 35.5. Seven five. I was so so super close. I said between <laughs> between thirty five and thirty six. I mean, if we were giving us a lot that a letter grade, I'd say that's probably an A. Yeah, well, yeah. We can we can do the math real quick. Mm, oh Christ. I think we're good. I, I don't. Well, think our our listeners doesn't wanna... necessarily scale yeah. in that way. You I... know what I mean, because almost every system's gonna have. Points it got off. an eighty five percent. Okay. So that's yeah. That's, that is it's a B plus. That is a B plus. I so, told you, I'm never wrong well, with math. <laughs> He's never wrong with grades. That's that's fine. I'm just saying it's not a matter of 100 percent is is an A. No. Forty two. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I'm just saying. By the you don't way, have to you get did... a full total of points in order to get a good score. Yeah. I feel like a, a good score in this usually. I mean, almost every game isn't going to get everything. Checked yeah. Off at a three. For context, in case anyone's like me and wants to know exactly how much one point on our scale is equivalent to a uh, 100-point scale, uh, it's about 2.4 per point on our scale. 2.4? That's that high? Yeah. Every every point we provide is equivalent to 2.4 points on a 100-point scale. Because we have uh, forty-two out of a hundred. It's yeah, it's life. Make... That is the meaning of everything. Is forty-two. Exactly. That's why we do it. Yeah. Forget one hundred. Forty-two's only here. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> on on that note, um, I think we're pretty much done. So I just want to say thank you for joining us this episode. Uh, to see a complete breakdown of our scores, head to Instagram on Dancing with the Bards. For gameplay, head over to YouTube at Dancing with the Bards or on Twitch. For even more Bard, follow us on Twitter, TikTok at Dancing with the Bards, or on Twitch with the Bards uh, if you want some sneak peeks on upcoming episodes. And don't forget to show our game creators some love if you found it interesting. Hell yeah. Alright. Farewell, everyone. Goodbye. Bye. Thanks for coming. (laughs) Goodbye.